Do you really understand the person in your life who's a narcissist? Well, today I'm going to help you understand them just a little bit better by sharing with you seven different ways that narcissists think. And understanding how narcissists think is going to help you understand better how to deal with a narcissist. All right, so let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson, and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So when you hear the word narcissist, what kind of stuff comes to mind? Do you think arrogant, wait a minute, jerk, rude, disrespectful, cocky, entitlement, thinks they're better than everybody? Sure. These are definitely some of the characteristics that are kind of ensnared with that whole narcissism thing. There's something deeper going on here, and that's what we're going to talk about. It's a lot more than just that whole fake, exaggerated self-opinion, self-identity. So here are the seven things that I want you to know today about narcissists that they probably wish I wouldn't tell you. Number one, narcissists only have a certain amount of self-worth, and it's all connected to just one thing. Whether they know it or not, their self-worth is completely conditional, okay? What is, what, what is it conditional upon? What do we need to know to know what makes a narcissist feel good about him or herself or not? They have these if-then statements, all right? So, for example, if I think I'm better than you, then I feel good about myself. If you agree with what I say, then I feel good about myself. If you tell me that I'm amazing then I feel good about myself. That's how a narcissist thinks. Do you understand? So if you decide that you're going to tell a narcissist that they're not perfect in some way or that they've done something to hurt your feelings or make you angry, then they don't feel good about themselves. And what does a narcissist do when a narcissist doesn't feel good about him or herself? They go to the narcissistic injury, to the narcissistic rage. They begin to torture you for their negative feelings. That's when you once again become the emotional dumpster, you see? Don't misunderstand me here. The fact is that every freaking human on the planet wants to feel good about him or herself. To some extent, we are all sort of pushed by our desire to please people in the world. And you and I probably know that better than most people because of the fact that we have become people pleasers after being either raised or in long-term relationships with or by narcissists. However, while we might feel a certain amount of upset or Self, lack of self-esteem if we are attacked by someone in the world, a narcissist has a whole different way of dealing with that. We might feel sad and, you know, eat some extra ice cream or, you know, have an extra drink or something bad like that to deal with it. A narcissist, though, they literally almost need to feel exceptional. That's why they become the bullies in the schools and sometimes in adulthood. That's why they put people down so often, because it helps them feel better about themselves. While you and I might feel good about ourselves by standing next to people who are the best, the narcissist wants to stand on the shoulders of other people in order to feel like they're the best, see? Or the heads, maybe, of other people. That's also the same reason that narcissists feel like they need to tear you down if you disagree with them. That's why they take it so personally if your opinion is different than theirs about anything. They might be personally offended that you don't enjoy a movie they enjoy. And it's not because they have a problem with the fact that you don't enjoy the movie. It's the fact that they don't, uh, you disagree with their opinion. You see the difference there? So instead of actually saying, okay, so we just have a different opinion about this movie, they're going to take it really personally. And that's how you end up in a lot of arguments when you're with a narcissist. You feel me on that? Let me know in the comments below. 
All of that leads me to number two. A narcissist needs to be validated at all times. That's why you can't just expect to give them a single compliment and have them like you forever. If you're going to deal with a narcissist and you're going to do so successfully, you're going to have to be ready with the compliments on the regular. Be aware of that. The next thing is that narcissists are motivated by a fear of everything. It's a huge fear. It's not a fear of everything. It's a huge fear. It's a fear that helps them to stay scared at all times. And this seems confusing because narcissists seem like the most entitled creatures on earth and what could they possibly be scared of? Well, here's what they're scared of. They're afraid that they're not good enough. Yeah, that they're not worthy, that they can't deserve love. And the truth is that most of them would never acknowledge or admit to this because it's so deeply ingrained in themselves that they don't even know it's there. It's like a thing that happened in childhood because they have an abandonment issue, they, their parents weren't kind to them, their parents ignored them or neglected them or got worse, abused them. And I'm not trying to have empathy for a narcissist here. I'm just explaining to you how their minds work, all right? That's why one win is never enough for a narcissist. If a narcissist is going to feel good about him or herself, he or she needs to be able to win and win and win. And if one time they lose, they're the worst losers you ever saw. They'll get super offended if they lose a board game or a video game. Whereas we'll be like, well, that was fun. Let's play again or whatever. They get mad. They get upset. You ever play cards with a narcissist? It never goes well unless they win every hand. Number four. Why do narcissists get so angry all the time? Well, here's a little secret for you, my friend. Narcissists, they can't handle other emotions. So they focus on anger in order to not feel other stuff. It's a protection mechanism. It helps them to not be sad, to not be depressed as much. And it is very associated with the fact that they have that conditional self-worth we mentioned back in number one. Narcissists are black and white. That's number five. I'm not talking about race here, my friend. I'm talking about perspective. They don't see things as, they don't see a gray area in the world. It's either yes or no. It's either up or down. There's no in the middle. It's all or nothing. Narcissists are all about one way. Someone is either nice or they're evil. Someone is either good or bad. Loved or hated. You see, there's no middle ground for a narcissist. The narcissist, this is number six, the narcissist sees him or herself as special and different than everybody else. Not only that, but that gives them the right to create their own rules and to change them at any given moment. So look, everybody in the world has their own ideas on how people in the world should act, right? But the difference here is that a narcissist's rules in their minds are written in stone, i.e. they cannot accept anything less than whatever they demand in the world. Now, that means there's no compromise. In a previous video, I talked about how a narcissist compromises, and that is that they basically wear you down until you agree to what they say and beg them to get what they want because you're so tired of freaking fighting about it, right? Well, the way a narcissist works is they become very, very upset if you disobey their rules. They become angry. They become devastated. They see it like if you break their rules even a little bit, if you just go slightly to the right of their rule or to the left of their rule, you have somehow hurt them. You have somehow personally injured them and that must mean you think less of them. You see this a lot with like narcissistic mothers who, for example, may, they have a rule that, you know, you have to be home by midnight or whatever, let's say. And you walk in at 12.02 and they're like, why are you doing this to me? You're abusing me because you've done this. You're, you must hate me and not... The point is, a narcissistic mother will intentionally, it feels like, intentionally take it very personally if you break one of her rules. 
And this is also the case with a narcissistic spouse. Be aware of that. The reason they get so angry is because it makes them think that if you break one of their rules that you should very well know by now, you must think less of them. You must think they're not good enough or anyway, it brings you back to their main fear. Number seven, you really shouldn't take a narcissist's behavior personally. What the hell am I talking about? Because obviously everything they're doing is directed at you and aims to hurt you at such a personal level, right? Well, here's the deal. The thing that you have to remember, it's never really about you. It's always about them and their little tiny baby ego, okay? It's a little egg, their ego. A little fragile china egg. And they walk around carrying it around on their finger like this. You see what I mean? The ego is what makes the narcissist do the things he or she does. And because of the fact that a narcissist is directly affected by stress and their little ego gets a little crack in it whenever they feel stress, they get extra protective of the ego during that time, you see? So they start to feel like you're taking advantage of them if you ask them to take out the trash. Or they start to think that somebody at work is hurting their feelings or being rude or disrespectful because they've got a lot to do on their plate at work and they don't see how they can do it. Once again, all of this goes back to the fact that they worry they're not good enough. Is there anything that you can do? Is there anything that you can do to help a narcissist to change their behavior? Look, if you're stuck with a narcissist, if you can get away, get away. Okay. If you can't get away and you have to deal with a narcissist, here's a little tip from me to you. Do your very best to avoid hurting their feelings. Think about the fact that their ego is so tiny and small and fragile. Do whatever you can to build it up. This doesn't mean that you won't get abused, my friend. This just means that it might happen a little bit less often. Not the greatest story, not, not the greatest thing, but the truth. The truth is, to deal with a narcissist, you must cater to their ego. You must never, ever criticize them directly. And if you do, you better be real creative about how you do it and make them think that you're not criticizing them. For example... I told someone in a live chat the other day, they were saying, well, how do I get my narcissist to not let my little two-year-old daughter use fireworks? I feel really scared about that. And then I said, well, maybe you could forward a video or a, an article about someone who did use fireworks with their little child who was hurt. And then you could say something like, I'm so glad that you're such a good dad and you don't have to worry about that. I, we don't have to worry about that because I know you're so protective of your daughter. You see, because then what you're doing is you're like telling them that they're already awesome and amazing and that you know this. And here's, a, here's an example of somebody who isn't as awesome or amazing as them. You see what I'm saying? That's how you deal with a narcissist if you must. It's time for the question of the day. The question of the day is, do any of these things sound familiar to you? And what would you add to my list of things that narcissists think about? The ways that narcissists think. Share your thoughts and your experiences in the comments below and let's talk about it. All right, that's all I've got for you today. Thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. You've been walking on eggshells for a while now, but it doesn't seem to matter to your narcissist. He or she is no longer even polite to you, much less kind. You often wonder, what happened to that person that you met? Nothing you do, say, think, or feel is acceptable. And the narcissist, 
Make sure you know it. Everything that you do elicits the same response, anger, irritation, justified rage, or maybe just nothing, indifference. If you call them on their bullshit or you prove them wrong, watch out. That's when they'll go ballistic and dig deep to hurt you. This, my friend, is the devalue phase. That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name's Angie Atkinson, and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button, and let's get going. Being in a relationship with a narcissist is a whole lot like being on a roller coaster. Sometimes you feel absolutely cherished and loved and adored. Other times you kind of wish you were not there or you feel like you're no better than the dirt on the bottom of somebody's shoe. Sound familiar? You get devalued, you get discarded, you get abused. Once you get past the fun part where you're actually being treated with love and respect, you hit the good old devalue phase. That is the worst part and that is exactly what makes a narcissist probably one of the most difficult ones to deal with because going through the discard phase feels a whole lot like having your soul ripped out and your heart ripped out and having them twisted all together and stomped on and pushed down into a little pulp. Yeah, I know that sounds dramatic, but if you've been there, you know that that is actually under dramatic for the circumstances, right? Unfortunately, you can never tell what kind of mood a narcissist will be in. And even though you learn to sort of read them and understand what's coming next, every now and then they'll still shock you. Sometimes when you've been with narcissists for a hundred years or so, they'll shock you. It's shocking. Can I say shocking again? Anyway, my experience has been that narcissists in the discard phase, in the devalue phase, are the worst ones. Today we're digging into that discard part. One of the first things I think that we have to recognize is that when we're going through the part where we have to try to figure out exactly how we went from being adored and loved and cherished to being treated like dog crap, it's confusing because it happens so fast. One day everything's fine and before we know it, we can't even breathe. But if you take the time to understand the devalue phase and how it works and what actually happens, then you'll understand what you've been through, why it happened, and that it really isn't your fault. So essentially the devalue phase will begin right about the time the narcissist feels like they've really got their hands on you, like they really win. They know that they've got you in their clutches, as it were, and that's when they'll start to devalue you. You've got to know that narcissists generally don't see you as anything other than a supply or an extension of themselves. They don't see you as a whole person. As we've previously discussed, the narcissist generally has three phases in a relationship, and this is true in just about every relationship they have in varying iterations. The first one, as you probably remember, is the idealization phase or the love bombing phase, and that's when you're held up on that pedestal and treated like you're worth something. And then we head over to the devalue, and often it keeps on cycling through. So today we're going to start to dig into the devalue phase, like I said, and we're going to discuss specific emotions that are involved with that and the kinds of behavior that you can expect. And the part of the cycle that I believe is the most painful, the devalue and the discard, all right? But we're gonna focus primarily on devalue. Back to what we were discussing at the very beginning of this video. While you're walking on eggshells, you often find yourself feeling like you're worthless, right? The narcissist will insult you. The narcissist will pick at your most painful psychological wounds. Anything they know for sure 
that will hurt you is fair game. There's nothing off limits. And anything that upsets the narcissist or hurts the narcissist, they'll make sure that it's your fault and that you know it for sure in no uncertain terms. They'll tell you that you deserve the treatment they're dishing out and make sure that you feel that right down to your bones. They'll make it clear that you're not important. You're not worth their time. They'll say they don't respect you right to your face sometimes. They'll minimize you as often as possible. And anything that really matters to you is clearly a waste of energy and time according to them. Meanwhile, you're over here teetering on a precipice somewhere between emotional numbness and deep down anger and then there's hope somewhere in that little triangle. You hope that this soul-crushing phase will end soon. But every time you get your hopes up for more than a minute, you're quickly brought back to reality. When the narcissist next spits venom your way, uses you for an emotional dumpster once again. Sure, you learn to stop being directly affected. Sure you do. You great rock. You learn all the things. You find a place to go in your head, maybe. You literally zone out when the narcissist starts raging on you. Of course, if the threats and the fear tactics don't work, the narcissist might shift into victimhood. That's when they stop being actively aggressive and start going for the passive aggressive stuff. Always so much fun, right? This could involve gaslighting and a whole bunch of other sneaky forms of manipulation. That often leads to the silent treatment, one of a narcissist's go-to tools. They'll ignore you, they'll withhold affection, they'll call you crazy for trying to fix it. In the end, the narcissist might leave you temporarily or permanently, or the cycle might begin again. Many narcissists go back to the courtship phase following the discard phase. You, my friend, you're left reeling. Now, the first several times you experience this, you're going to come out of the cycle feeling like you were the one who was wrong. Maybe you were expecting too much or overreacting or somehow otherwise incorrect in the way that you dealt with the situation, according to what you think. Maybe the narcissist did have a point. And then that's when you've got a choice to make, my friend. Do you stick it out or not? In your head, you know that a narcissist can change his or her ways just about as easily as a zebra can change his or her stripes, right? Highly unlikely. But your heart, my friend, your heart might be arguing with you here because your heart finds something deep within the narcissist that is lovable. A client of mine said on the phone the other day, you got the heart side and you got the smart side. And I really think that's what it's all about, the heart side and the smart side when it comes to things like that. But the most important thing to remember here is that you have the right to be happy. You truly do. And if your narcissist is not going to allow you to do that, or if the narcissist negatively affects you or your ability to find your bliss, you need to decide if you can live with this forever, my friend. And then comes the hard part. You have to take action. So do you recognize yourself here in this situation? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. So why do narcissists need you to feel bad about yourself? Why do narcissists devalue you? Because they're insecure. Narcissists need you to feel bad about yourself so you won't leave them. Narcissists need you to feel bad about yourself so that you think no one else could possibly love you. In fact, quite often, they will directly say that to you. Narcissists might appear to have high self-esteem, but the truth is their egos are quite fragile and very dependent upon whether or not you or someone else thinks that they are thebomb.com, all right? Narcissists walk around, I've talked about this before, imagine their ego is a tiny fragile china egg and they carry it on the end of their finger, okay? They walk around with the egg and they balance it and as long as everybody's looking at the egg and the egg is all shiny, it's good. But if that little egg gets a crack in it, forget about it, all bets are off. Suddenly the narcissist's ugly side comes out. And unfortunately, that often happens to the primary source of supply more than anyone else. So that's why narcissists devalue you because they have low self-esteem. They believe that you'll stick around if 
if they devalue you, if they keep you down emotionally, if they make you think you're not worth anything, then they, they think that you won't be able to think you can get someone else. And so you won't even try. You'll just stay with them out of desperation because that's how they would roll if they were you. And now it's time for the question of the day. So tell me what you think. Have you been through the discard? Have you been through the devalue? Do you, have you experienced a narcissist devaluing you personally? And how did that feel to you? Do you recognize yourself or your narcissist in any of the stuff that I described today? Share your thoughts and your ideas and your experiences in the comments below and let's have a discussion about it, all right? That's all I've got for you right now. Thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. What do you think a narcissist would say to you on a first date or at a first meeting if they were being honest with you? That's what we're talking about today at QueenBeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to let you see what would happen if a narcissist was totally honest with us. All right. So we're going to start with these two animated characters. Y'all know how I love my little animated people. Ned the narcissist and Nina the narcissist. Each one of them is going to help me explain my statements today. So if narcissists were really honest, they would tell us that they think they're better than everybody else. They think things like this. I have few equals in the world, and yet so far I have yet to meet one. <laughs> and I am surrounded by people who don't measure up. Without me, they would just flounder. And Well, I do wish we could be equals, but we are not, and we just won't ever be. So I'm regularly going to remind you that I'm the smartest person in the room, okay? See, narcissists need to think this way because they need to believe they're better than other people in order to raise themselves up. In reality, narcissists are very low in self-esteem, despite the fact that it seems different. If narcissists were honest, they'd say things like, I love myself and I know you do too. Matter of fact, so does everybody. If they don't, hey, they're lost. And I sure hope you appreciate me for everything that I am and all the things I did for you over the years. They'd say these things because narcissists need to feel like everybody likes them. And they need to feel this way because they're insecure. Narcissistic rage comes from not feeling like everybody loves them, not feeling like everybody thinks they're better than them. See? Narcissists need you to feel grateful for them. Narcissists need you to think they're amazing. If you think they're anything other than amazing, like I said, narcissistic rage and narcissistic injury. If narcissists were honest, they'd say things like, I appreciate that there are rules and obligations, but those mostly apply to you because I don't have the time or the inclination to even think about that stuff. Okay. Narcissists, they don't think they need to follow the rules, my friend. In fact, they almost always think they're somehow immune from the rules or different than everybody else and 
better than everybody else. They're not really subject to the same rules and regulations as everybody else. If narcissists were honest, they'd say things like, <laughs> I have no need to apologize. You, however, better understand me, accept me, and tolerate me no matter what I do. Okay. Just like they think they're immune from the rules, they think that you have to follow all the rules, including the ones they wrote for you, and especially the ones they wrote for you. If narcissists were honest, they'd say things like, I expect you to be loyal to me at all times, no matter what I do. However, do not expect the same stuff from me. Okay. Narcissists expect complete and utter 100% without question loyalty from you. You should trust them blindly and you should just give them whatever you have without reservation. But they won't do the same for you. In fact, they'll do the opposite for you. And quite often they'll end up projecting their own bad qualities onto you and blaming you for them. If narcissists were being honest, they'd say things like, Well, I expect you to be interested in the things that I've achieved and in what I have to say, but me? I don't need to be interested in anything about you, and I won't be, and what you've achieved, don't care about that either, so just don't expect a whole lot of curiosity from me, okay? They want you to be interested in everything about them, to the point that you're like their personal fangirl or fanboy, but they won't even pretend to be interested in anything having to do with you unless it's directly connected to or affecting them. If narcissists were honest, they'd say things like, I might seem arrogant and haughty sometimes, but I'm okay with it. I just don't want to be seen as being anything like you cuz ew and I'm not manipulative I just like to have things done my way no matter how inconvenient it is for you and no matter how it makes you feel sound good and that's because they're very self-centered they lack empathy and they think they own the world they think the world owes them something and you my friend guess what you're part of the world if narcissists were honest they'd say things like this I'll always criticize you and I will expect you to accept it never ever allow you to criticize me and one more thing I never forget and I never forgive uh, uh, uh. and that's because they lack empathy they don't care how anybody feels but themselves all of this leads me to the question of the day and the question of the day is if narcissists were honest what do you think they would say share your thoughts and your ideas and your experiences in the comments section below that's all I've got for you right now thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey Thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. How does a narcissist test their victim? What do narcissists look for in a victim? How do they kind of run the little tests before they decide who they're into? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. Would you agree that it's safe to say that we could call a narcissist, at least a toxic narcissist, sort of an emotional stalker, somebody who looks for people who they can easy, easily manipulate and control? And if I said that to you, would it offend you because you are also someone who's been with a narcissist? Let me say this first. I have also had narcissists in my life and been abused by them 
and I consider myself intelligent. So don't think that I'm in any way trying to take away from your intelligence or your ability to stand up for yourself in this case, okay? But the fact is there are certain qualities that a narcissist looks for in a victim. And that's what we're talking about today. They choose victims and then they go on to charm them, seduce them, push them, mold them, put them into their little victim box, right? Narcissists, because they're not capable of normal human love, they love people for what they do for them as opposed to who they are. One of the things that they do is they feel very angry and frustrated at people who enjoy life because they, even though they seem to enjoy their lives, generally don't. Of course, I'm not talking about specifically material things. A lot of narcissists have plenty of material things. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. I'm talking about deeper things like empathy, like sensitivity, like goals, creativity, different things that you want to do with your life, passions. A lot of the time, narcissists will go after someone who have a strong passion or a strong fire inside of them. But as we all know, narcissists have a way of switching from the amazing, light-seeming, fun-to-be-around person that we first met to becoming incredibly critical, very dismissive of people they claim to love. And of course, this just feeds our confusion and our self-doubt, right? So I'm going to go over a few traits that narcissists typically look for when they're dealing with finding a new victim. All right, let's just go right through, shall we? One of the first qualities a narcissist will look for in a victim is someone who might have some vulnerability, someone who has had previous experiences that were negative in the whole human field. Let me just give you an example from television, okay? If you've ever seen the show called How I Met Your Mother, there's a character on the show played by Neil Patrick Harris called Barney Stinson. This character, while he's hilarious, and I can't deny enjoying him uh, because he's so outrageous and because I know in real life NPH is gay and he plays such a good womanizer on the show. Uh, this character, though, is the epitome of a narcissist. So one of the things that Barney Stinson looks for in a woman is what? Daddy issues. He looks for a woman who has been broken, had issues in the past because of something with her father or whatever, and then he comes in and swoops in and does his whole narcissistic love bombing thing, although his are shorter, <laughs> shorter efforts usually because he's a womanizer. So the thing that you have to know is that people who are attractive to narcissists often have some underlying issues like that, parent issues or they've been bullied in school or something like that and this has caused them to become very sensitive people and has caused them to want to please the people they do care about and often because people who have been treated this way may find themselves kind of downgrading to from what they could have if that makes any sense so when a narcissist sees someone who's vulnerable emotionally because of previous abuse as someone who is easier to glom onto and they can you know, sort of temporarily help raise that person's self-esteem while at the same time in their minds kind of getting in on somebody who's really too good for them. But they think they're, the, the victim thinks they're not too good because they've been abused and taught otherwise. Does that make sense? Because we doubt our worthiness. It's because we don't believe that we are good enough or that we are worth anything that they are able to get to us. It's what makes us vulnerable to narcissists. The next quality that I'd like to share with you is how when a narcissist is trying to choose a victim, they're looking for someone who is going to be dependable, someone who's going to always be ready to help them anytime they need it. So people who are prime choice victims, they are people who tend to be joiners or helpers. They, you know, if they see somebody in pain, they want to help that person. And that's unfortunately something that an empath naturally does. When you're an empath, you naturally want to help anyone that you see who needs help. So a narcissist picks up on that. Another thing that we are that 
might shock you is a lot of us have a little bit of perfectionism in us. And now we might not have perfect this or perfect that, but there's something about us that is perfectionistic. And one of the most common perfectionist areas that we have as people who are attractive to narcissists are our perfectionism, our perfectionism falls where we need to help people in a perfect way. So we might often keep kind of a low profile. We're kind of the behind the scenes people. And a lot of times we don't want to overshadow our friends and colleagues. We want to lift them up. We don't want to stand in front of them. This of course brings me to my next point, which is they want someone who will take personal responsibility for everything, even things they didn't do, and someone who will work really hard for them. So they're looking for someone to be responsible, hard worker, someone who will always comply with whatever assignment they get from the narcissist. So they might test you in little ways, like they might be like, oh, here's 20 bucks, go to the store and get me this, that, or the other thing. And if you go, oh, don't worry about it, I got it. <laughs> Number one, you, you pass the little narcissist test because you're willing to spend your own money. Number two, you don't even think about the fact that they just ask you to go to the store when you just told them you worked all day and your back hurts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that kind of stuff. And then the last quality that I'm going to share with you today is kind of surprising, but it's true. And it is above average intelligence. Yeah, they look for the smart people. How about that? And on the same token, they look for good looking people. Now, I know you're like, I'm not good looking. Well, you know what? You are good looking and and even if you don't think that you're good looking, someone does. The point is, they narcissists look for very smart, intelligent, bright lights. They look for people who are very skilled, very trained, very focused. People who, you know, have enthusiasm. People who are passionate. People who have a lot to say, a lot to do. People who other people are attracted to, okay? Narcissists don't want to be with someone who can walk around you know, looking freaky or scary or weird. They want to be with someone who makes them look good. And if you have high intelligence and you have, you know, a cheery personality and blah, 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 you're perfect for a narcissist. So I know you're sitting here and you're going, well, I'm tired all the time and I'm exhausted and I'm depressed and sad and I don't do my hair anymore or whatever. Well, that's because you're with a narcissist, honey. You have to give yourself a minute and you have to think back to what you were when you met the narcissist. They may have taken you from feeling really good about yourself to feeling really bad about yourself. But somewhere inside of you, there's a person who is beautiful and bright and intelligent and smart and ready to move forward in her life or his life. And if this is you, this is why you were chosen by the narcissist. You have to remember, narcissists are always looking to feed their ego. They want attractive people. They want to get a prize or a trophy person. They have very little respect for weakness. And honestly, they have no interest in someone that just anyone could get their hands on. They want someone that they have to reach up to get. They don't want to reach forward. They don't want to reach down. They want to reach up. Do you understand what I mean? Narcissists are always looking for a better supply, even when they found someone amazing. That's not your fault. It's nothing to do with you. It's not that you're not a good supply. It's just that maybe you have too much independence for them, too much self-respect. The narcissist needs other people to be envious of the person they obtain as their supply. That's why a lot of times they come on real strong in the beginning and they offer you this romance like you've never seen before. It's the love bombing phase. And that's why a lot of times when you get with a narcissist, one of the, one of the things that you hear over and over again is, oh my God, 
they're too good to be true because they are my friend. <laughs> so once a narcissist picks their target, they'll stop at nothing until they get that person. The bigger the challenge, the harder they'll work. And the more they trash you, the more they tear you down, the more once, once they've obtained you, they're mad at you for making them work that hard if you're a hard to get type of person. Here's the biggest thing. The ultimate ego boost for a narcissist is to take someone who's independent and self-sufficient, strong, and make them completely dependent, completely controlled. Of course, if you dump the narcissist after all of that, it just makes them try harder. And every single time they convince you to take them back, it's sort of like another little notch in the little narcissist belt. Just remember, you don't deserve it. It's not your fault. Now that you know how a narcissist tests their victim, you know what you need to do to fix it, don't you? What you need to do is have confidence. Love yourself unconditionally and accept nothing less than you deserve. If you don't know what you deserve, sit down and think about it for a while and try to figure out what your deal breakers are in a relationship. What will you accept? What will you not accept? That's the question of the day today. What are your deal breakers going to be from now on in a relationship with a person so that you know for sure that you're not allowing yourself to be taken advantage of or abused. Share your thoughts and comments in the comments below, your thoughts and experiences in the comments below, and let's talk about it. All right? That's all I've got for you right now. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. If you've ever been with a narcissist or you're with one now, you know that there's a cycle of relationship abuse that happens. First, you have your love bombing or your idealization phase. And then you go through the devalue and the discard and it's an ongoing cycle and often it continues for years in that way, right? Well, there are certain things that narcissists will say to keep you hanging around and that's what we're talking about today, queenbeing.com. Certain things that narcissists say to keep you hanging around. So let's get started. My name's Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. If you've ever been with a narcissist, you know that even once they end that whole relationship, chances are they're gonna come running back to you at some point and try to hoover you. So today we're gonna talk about things a narcissist will do to keep you around. So you probably already know about gaslighting if you've been watching my channel very long and if you don't let me quickly tell you it is a technique that narcissists will use to convince you that their perception of the abuse or lack thereof is what's true, that you have issues, that you're too sensitive, so on and so on and so on. So basically they're trying to make you doubt yourself and your own perceptions of the world that you live in because they want you to think you're the crazy one, you're the one with the problem. They want to keep you hanging around by controlling you into believing that you're crazy, really. But don't fall for that one because the fact is you're in a toxic relationship and the fact is that you're not crazy, you're right, they are doing things that are not acceptable to you. So number one. Number two, they'll tell you, you're my everything, you're everything I ever wanted and this is especially true when you get to the place where you begin to stand up for yourself and try to take back your life. 
that's about the time they're gonna change their tune. They go back into the love bombing or the hoovering phase. They start to idealize you. They can't live without you. Of course, as usual, if you decide to stay, guess what? They're back to being their same old narcissistic self. Typical and unfortunate. How many of us have fallen for that again and again? We keep hoping, oh my gosh, it's gonna get better, but rarely is that actually the case. Number three, they apologize for hurting you and then they say, I promise I'll make it up to you. I really will. I'm pretty sure that narcissists always use this tactic in relationships. I think it's part of the cycle. But as always, the truth is, even if they're good for a short period of time, as soon as they know that they're back in and they've got their hooks firmly in your soul again, guess what? It's back to the usual. It's back to them running the show. It's back to them manipulating you emotionally and treating you like crap. It's the same old, same old. They don't change. Next up, they'll tell you, you know what? I knew for sure that I shouldn't have come back to you if you guys do split up and get back together. Or I've always known you weren't right for me. I've always not, you know, I've always regretted being with you. And it's, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, well, how is that a tactic to keep me around? Even though it feels like the narcissist is, is discarding you, there's like this part of your subconscious that needs to not, to prove them wrong. You want to prove them wrong. And so you do everything you can to make it work. You know, you, you do all the things you're supposed to do. When they say you're too picky, you don't, you, you have no opinion anymore. If they say you're too jealous, you accept it when you watch them flirt with other people and you tell yourself that that's normal and healthy, or you walk in on them, you know, looking at porn or something and you pretend that it's okay with you, even though it isn't, or you catch them, you know, shopping and buying all the things and spending all your money and you're like, well, pfft, what? You know, I told you, we agree that you weren't going to spend all my money anymore. And, and then you're supposed to pretend that everything's okay. You try to redeem, redeem yourself in order to make, to prove to them that you are in fact good enough for them, that you are in fact the person they should be with. All this proves to the narcissist is that they're the awesome, amazing person they thought they were and that they're superior to you and that clearly everything is your problem they see you attempting to win them back as you being weak, you thinking they're so amazing that, that they're worth putting up with that crap for. And then they pick up on those feelings of you feeling inadequate, invalidated, etc. And guess what? Back to manipulation, back to gaslighting, back to abuse. Don't fall for it. Next up, they'll be like, hey, let's just be friends. Now, I did a whole video on this the other day, so I'm not gonna go into all the details, but basically, if a narcissist says, hey, let's just be friends, that means, hey, let me keep you in my circle of supplies so that when I need you again for whatever I use you for, you'll be there and you'll like it. Don't fall for that. It's not good. It doesn't work. Next up, if a narcissist cheats on you, they'll say something like, hey, we were on a break. You guys remember that episode of Friends where Ross was like, we were on a break <laughs> after one day of being broken up or whatever. You know, they'll, they'll say, I don't love that person. I was just with them because I, I was thinking of you the whole time. Cheating is cheating. And for me, it's a deal breaker. So if it's a deal breaker for you, don't fall for that crap. Another thing narcissists will say is, hey, let's go to counseling. Number one, that sounds great. And you're like, oh my gosh, this could really work. Here's, here's the fact. They have abused you. They have ignored you. They have devalued you. They have invalidated you. They have treated you like crap. And when you go to the counselor, there is a percentage of a chance that the counselor will see right through them and tell them so. And in which case you can expect the narcissist to go, that counselor sucks, let's leave or let's not go back there. If they don't see through them, then chances are they will engage in unintended victim blaming. So be careful. Narcissists will also use the therapist situation to triangulate you. 
They will want you to feel not good enough. They will use the therapist to teach you that you don't deserve to be loved the way that you want to be loved. The therapist may end up telling you, you know, maybe you could just lighten up a little bit because they use this as an opportunity to prove you wrong and prove them right. And gaslighting, manipulation, nothing is beyond them. And because some therapists aren't familiar with NPD and may not recognize the abuse, you may end up being the victim and the narcissist may end up, you know, the narcissist may victimize you further through these counseling sessions. So be aware of that, be careful. I have a video on how to choose a therapist that understands narcissistic abuse. So keep that in mind as well and take a look at that. Quickly, just to read, you know, sort of define hoovering. It is a technique that was named after the famous vacuum cleaner company. And it's one of many common tactics that narcissists use to get us back or keep us around. So it's when they kind of suck us back in. They suck us back into the relationship or some version of that. Often it starts pretty innocently, it's kind of subtle, but the main reason for this particular technique is to regain control of you, of the supply that they're reaching out to and hoovering. It usually starts after the devalue and the discard phases in the abuse cycle, or when the silent treatment has stopped giving the narcissist some sort of weird pleasure, and when they're ready for more supply from you, the narcissistic supply of choice, at least at that moment. It might start when you leave the narcissist and they fear you won't return, or it might start when you threaten to leave the narcissist. The idea here is the narcissist wants to establish, maintain, or reestablish contact with you in order to get that narcissistic supply that you're so good at providing. It's pretty dangerous because once a narcissist, like I said, once they get back into your good graces, you'll be love bombed, hear the promises of days ahead that are gonna be better, everything's gonna be wonderful, and sadly, we all know it doesn't last. What happens is, what I just told you, they start this cycle. So now that you know what it is, how do you deal with it? First of all, don't take the bait because if you do take the bait, you might end up allowing the narcissist to continue to cross your boundaries for the rest of your life. Listen, don't stop taking care of yourself in favor of the narcissist's needs, okay? And I'm gonna give you 10 quick guidelines on what you can do to avoid being hoovered back in. Number one, do not let your boundaries be changed. Do not let your boundaries be broken during the hoovering phase. It's really easy to give in, so please just don't do it. Number two, if you've put safeguards in place or consequences in place because of the narcissist's bad decisions, keep them in place even and especially during hoovering. Number three, you need to know that this phase will end and you'll be back to normal status with the narcissist at some point if you fall for it. Look at previous patterns if you're not sure and they might give you an idea on how long this phase is going to last. Number four, make a special effort to keep busy, maintain your activities, your relationships with other people who are not toxic and even increase the engagement with those healthy situations as you move forward in order to strengthen your recovery efforts. Number five, a lot of times we use hoovering to bargain with our narcissists. We try to create positive change in our relationships during this time because narcissists seem so receptive when they're hoovering us, don't they? More so than usual. But you have to understand that during this time, any change that actually comes about is gonna be temporary and it doesn't change for good. You're gonna be setting yourself up for disappointment. Number six, you have to remember that as much of a jerk as a narcissist can be, they are a person with a personality disorder. Mood swings and rapidly changing ideals are a big part of that. Number seven, remember that knowledge is power. You have to educate yourself on NPD. You have to make an effort to understand what you're really dealing with. 
Remember, understanding can lead to overcoming. Number eight, don't allow yourself to depend on the narcissist emotionally. They're gonna disappoint you every single time, especially when it matters the most to you. The hoovering phase can totally cloud your judgment. You might even end up setting yourself up for some real emotional devastation if you're not careful. Don't allow your nar narc to lull you into a sense of security and intimacy that is false, okay? Take care of yourself. Your life might literally depend on it. And finally, number 10, understand this deal for what it actually is. The narcissist does not love you because the narcissist isn't capable of normal human love. They love you like a cell phone. Remember that video that I did? In fact, unfortunately, you're, you become a pawn in the narcissist's little game. So listen, get off the roller coaster while you can, as soon as you can. Go no contact or low contact. If you aren't able to be completely no contact, at least use the gray rock method when you do have to deal with them. The bottom line is that the one thing you can count on with a narcissist is they do not change. They might get better at hiding their true selves for a while. They might pretend to change for a while just to get you back, but they certainly don't ever actually change. So don't fall for it. So now it's time for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you experienced hoovering before? What kinds of things did a narcissist tell you to keep you around? And do you have any advice for your fellow survivors on this topic? Leave your comments below and tell me what you think. Let's get a good discussion going here, all right? Thoughts and experiences in the comments below. All right, that's all I've got for you right now. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.